Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hello and welcome to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth, another week. Another opportunity to hear half an hour of the industry's finest two podcast hosts. But sadly, they weren't available today, so you're stuck with me and Rich. Stuck with us indeed. Yes, we're back. We are, we are. And we are joined by a show favourite. Is he? Oh dear, really? Yes. He's our security guru. He's not Lorcan. We couldn't quite afford him. (laughs) He's the other one. He's... Mr. Alex Tyhouse. Alex, thank you for coming back. Thank you very much. And Great to have o- you. Always, always good to hear that I'm, uh, I'm yeah. the runner-up. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> you know what? You didn't demand the private jet like Lorcan did. Yeah, so to be fair. Yeah. What can what I say? say? Yeah, it's going to his head. It really is. Really <laughs> Never is. mind. Uh, anyway, so having Alex here. Yes. So, Alex, I wanted to ask you a question. You recently became the fourth most qualified security engineer in F5 in the world, from what I remember. One of 50 in the world. One of 50. Yeah. And I'm liking to think that that's, you know, easily you'll probably top <laughs> few of those. So that's fine. It's a fern fact. But the long and short is, it? it's a fern fact. But yes. you know what? Top 50 in the world, I'll take that. I think it was now, one, in, one in four in the UK back then. Something like that. <laughs> I think he's trying to give you a backhanded compliment here. No, I'm a, front, a front-handed compliment, thank you very much. Yes. But look, the long and short is, the long and short is, we have an expert in security. So, yes. listeners, we haven't done security for a while, so we thought we would do a bit of a general security update. So Alex can take us through some of the interesting things that have come across his desk, some interesting new vulnerabilities, some interesting new technologies, some interesting new trends and various bits and bobs in the security industry. And basically, Rich and I are going to take notes so that we can plagiarise it for our <laughs> next security <laughs> podcast. Fair enough. Um, you saw me pick a pen up there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I did, I did. So, Alex, oh what's dear. going on in security at the moment? What's going on in the security in the world? No uh, pressure. No pressure at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd love to know what the hackers are thinking at the moment because then we can block them before they start and make a buck a lot of money out of it. But uh, since we can't do it? that, that's the fun <coughs> of the game. Yeah, it's it's always fun. The, the security just keeps moving. It's an arms race. Um, sometimes the good guys are a little bit ahead. Sometimes the bad guys are a little bit ahead, and the good guys need to catch up. Mm. It goes both ways. Mm. Um, what I quite like about his arms race is that when a specific area is getting too complex or too much hassle to to work with, they just move on to something else. Um, and this can be either just a different site, um, mm. a different company that is starting to attack, or it could be a completely different industry, whereas card skimming was pretty hefty a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Do we still get that much around that? don't think so. I think there's just moved on. It just disappeared. Well, yeah, yeah it's you don't hear you don't hear it in the news as much, do you? Mm. So sort of they're not doing issues. it with. I mean, not wanting to get too much into the weeds in one one specific topic, but it's not all about NFC now. You can like scan people's cards. You walk yeah. Yeah. them anymore. Yeah, I've seen things like wallets that you can yeah. either you know that will Horrifying shield yeah. your cards or shield your phone. So, but I think that yeah. the point you're trying to make is very valid. You know, these these vulnerabilities, these issues, come and go, come and go, come and go. And as exactly. fast as they've come, they've gone. As fast as they've gone, they've come. Yep. And it's, I mean, how on earth do we do we even start how do to you, quantify? How do you keep keep up to date? I have absolutely no idea. 
All right, so anyway, on that well, bombshell. Well, that was a short yeah. podcast. <laughs> Never mind. I, um, ho- I hope you enjoyed it. No, but it's, how, do you, how do you keep up to date? Well, keep, keep reading the news. Keep, yeah. keep listening what's going on. Yeah. Keep going on in your environment. Um, I was doing a, bit of work, a, a little bit of work and research um, just before Christmas, actually. I was just looking around, sort of, um, um, shameless plug, wrote a blog on, uh, it's available on the Arrow Hub, on blockchain. So I was looking at some of our vendors and sort of, you know, if, if they were if they were talking about mentioning and looking at things like blockchain. And one of the thing, one of the interesting things I found was that when I looked at it in context of Symantec, the real interesting thing was that Symantec were tracking and looking at uh, not blockchain per se, but cryptocurrencies. And the reason they were looking at cryptocurrencies is because on things like ransomware, there was a perception that what they're trying to do is pick up on the trends that you know the nefarious criminals have out there for we want a way where we can extort money from people and a mechanism whereby actually it's going to be pretty hard from a trace a uh, trace so what we'll do is we'll use the medium of cryptocurrencies um to say right you know what we crash your systems we've launched a ddos attack we'll stop you need to pay us, and this is how you'll pay us. And I thought, that's quite interesting. So they look at, so what, what Symantec are doing as a security vendor is they're looking at not so much the actual ransomware, the code, the, the hit itself. They're looking for traces of it. They're looking at the mechanism that, you know, the criminal's using to, to actually transit the... Yeah, make sure that they the ransom. Yeah, yeah, make sure they don't get paid anymore, or at least that they make it harder to get paid. And yeah, they will lose interest. Yeah, it's it's a nice angle on it. I haven't heard that one yet, but uh, shows you that I'm not quite an expert that you thought I was. Yeah, that, that's I, l- I love it that there's so many different angles to it. Yeah, uh, whether you look at the front, whether you look at well, what has happened. Uh, yeah, whether you look at well, what are the new the new areas that people get worried about. One of the more more recent. Uh, things that have popped up that I found quite interesting is that some of the newer strains of malware from mobile phones, they're not actually going after the phone anymore. Uh-huh. What they're trying to do is get your phone to start scanning your network and look around your network for something that is vulnerable. Wow. A very common one would be your router, your your network, dev- your network hub, your access point. What if... Just while you're visiting a website or you just download a, an app for just a couple of moments and it only it takes a minute for it to actually figure out if there's anything interesting in that network, mm-hmm. try to infect it. And once it is infected, it doesn't care if it gets wiped on the phone. It has already done the damage it needs and then it uses those network I- I devices Excellent. to actually t- carry out what it needs to do. So literally, it's, it's coming into your network <coughs> on your phone as a completely hidden piece of malware on your phone and then once it joins your local wireless network has free reign of everything on it. It can do whatever it wants. It's basically just using the phone to piggyback to get access But this is the thing, right? How are we safe? Because that is mental. If you think about the people, the demographic of people who have phones, (coughs) like probably 0.001% of them, in fact, probably infinitely less than that, would have even half a clue about malware on phones. So, I mean, this has got to be field day. For the attackers. It's going to be long, yeah. So, <coughs> not a funny fact. Go on then. This is, a, <coughs> this is a, a, an interesting little stat 
that I, I kind of found. This this comes courtesy of IBM. But according to IBM research, security teams sift through more than 200,000 security events per day on average, leading to over 20,000 hours per year wasted chasing false positives. So I'm going to quickly go back on that one and yeah. say, Alex, can you... Because what I... What is a security? What is your definition of a security event? In the context of sort of Symantec or one of the big McAfee or one of the big sort of um, security threat intelligence organizations. Because mm -hmm. yeah, that stat is just a massive number. I have no yeah. idea what it is. Let's in put it. Let's put it in some yeah. context. To be honest, that that number doesn't tell me much. It, what it could mean could mean is that IBM is very difficult, very bad at uh, recognizing false positives from, from, <laughs> from actual events. Other vendors are available, folks. And <laughs> other, other vendors probably make just as many mistakes. Um, of course, it's, yeah. it, but it's difficult to realize, and I think that's where a good security product comes in. We'll very clearly pick out the bad guys from the good guys. If you can give a almost 100% hit rate on, I only pick up on the bad stuff and I'll leave everything else alone. Yeah. It means you don't you need don't need as much resource to actually figure out yeah. what's going on. You can pick up on exactly the ones <coughs> that you care about. Because, mm. well, I've got a home, I've got a web server running at home. I get hacked about every couple of minutes, but it's only the one in a thousand events that I should actually be worried about. Yeah. yeah. The other ten thousand people that come along, well, nobody really cares. And you see that in all kinds of environments. Yes, everybody's trying to come in using the the, the very common vectors or basically attack angles. But it's the one guy who actually knows what he's doing that you should be careful of. And it's the one strain of malware that nobody else has picked up on yet. That is what mm. you need to be careful of. If you can pick out that exact piece of information, of course, it's going to be brilliant. But that's the tricky thing. How do you pick that up? Because if everybody else would pick it up, it wouldn't be there to begin with. Yeah. So it's chicken and egg situation. And, and I think that's, that's where a good security product comes in to differentiate between the bulk of, of, of the rubbish the junk and yeah. actual important events that you need to deal with. So I'll put this stat in mm. context. This this is lifted from a a, a press release that, that IBM put out earlier in February around um, the launch for them of of Watson for cybersecurity. Mm. So so it's an that to one side, it's it's an interesting and an mm. and an intriguing one for me oh, because yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with Watson. I'm kind of familiar with IBM. Um, and with, when we look at, at this, it, it kind of looks a little bit like good news to me. I can see that, you know, well, the, the application of, of, of cognitive, so artificial intelligence, machine learning, call it what you want, to, to help sif sift through and ingest, you know, upwards of a million documents around, around security and do it from the documents in a in a natural language format. Yeah, I can see how that would you know, help support and yeah. make your life as a security specialist yeah, a, a little bit more palatable because, you know what, how do you distill down all yep. the information that you can access when you talk about earlier, you know, mm. thinking about, God, well, I would love to know what hackers are going to do next. Yep. I'm not saying that's the answer, but my question is... Yeah, what are your thoughts and views as security expert, security specialist, on the use of things like machine learning AI? Is this again 
Yeah, what? Is it something that's been been ongoing for ages? Is it something that you see as a trend being adopted? Do we see you know the use of things like algorithms and AI and, and machine learning? You know, it's, has it's it been there already, or is it you know has it been there for years, or is it something that you see as being an upward trend from a security perspective? It's definitely an upward trend. It's it's something that's that's uh, going to be more and more. Um, previous security used to be pretty straightforward. Yeah, if you don't, if you see. Uh, somebody trying to access you, then you stop them if you don't want them. If they do, it's good. Understanding the, the niggly little bits, the tweaks and everything around it, that's getting the hard part nowadays. We'll come back to, we'll figure out the bad stuff from the good stuff. Mm. If you can use machine learning for that, if you can use smart algorithms, of course, it's going to be brilliant because you're only going to deal with mm. more information. So the more you can pick out of it, the better it is. I think machine learning has already been around there for uh, a good couple of years, yeah. but it is now really getting to a level that it becomes really useful. Yeah. And in fact, the sheer amount of data, you cannot do it by hand anymore. Mm. And yeah. I'd also probably say it's the machine learning piece has become much more commoditized. Whereas I think machine yeah. learning was probably the preserve of universities, governments, mm. people who really, really got it. I think now we're seeing a really good general purpose machine learned approach to security. I think actually now it's available as a REST API or it's available as an integration into a into a relatively oh, yeah. standard product. You, you actually get already got you get some products that that can pick it up themselves. They they realize that something does not look right. Yeah. And then they they <coughs> they let it go to a second layer of 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 security of of checking and say, "Well, what can we figure out about this? Mm. Is this a new strain of 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 malware?" Uh, disguised as something good? Is it something that looks very similar to what we've seen before, so therefore we can assume it's bad? Yeah. Well, how does it go around it? And it's, yeah. I mean, so as an organization who are, who are essentially open to all these threats, you know, how, how do you even, I mean, where would you, so we spent half his podcast talking about some of the threats and some of the sort of high level concepts and, and technologies, but what, where would you start? I mean, so we, we had, I think I gave this exact same question. I think we had, so last time we had you and Lorcan yes. on, um, L- we, L- had, yeah. we had one on threats and then one on solutions. How do we fix it? And I think L- Lorcan said, you know, assume breach and we can get you to about 50% <laughs> and that's it. Lorcan, if you're listening. Yep. Was he being optimistic? Yeah, he's very, very optimistic chap. Um, he, he's right though. Uh, he's yeah, right. but I mean, so we are six months on from that first podcast. Maybe even a little bit longer. So, what's changed in between there and now? What technologies? So, if you were advising, consulting an organisation who were turning around to you saying, "We we're struggling. We're really, really struggling. Yep. You know, we're finding we've got holes probably all over the place. What do we do to to make our lives better? Make make this work?" I think I think two two things on that uh, for starters i would i would i would recommend to whoever wants to protect anything is purely look at what you've got try to focus on the problems you have at hand at the moment and mm. get as much visibility of that don't try to attack everything at once because you can't do it purely look at well if you have certain certain applications that you want to protect purely look at those applications don't care about anything else that could go wrong as well purely yep. look at that first make <coughs> the exposure that you have to the outside world as small as possible. So that they call it the uh, attack service. To How minimize the attack surface. Minimize the attack surface so there's as few things as possible that could go wrong. That's why I love security, because you get to say stuff like that. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, so, that's not what he thinks. So, I mean, yeah. one of the things you... So, what you'd say, basically, is... Um, so, for example, if you've got a, a very broad attack surface, or you've got... Say you've got... Uh, many organizations have. You'll have your databases, you'll have your application servers, mm. but you also have you know, file stores, you'll have various different sort of intranets and bits and bobs all over the place. Yep. The first thing to do, because obviously that's a quite a broad, broad attack surface, the first thing you need to do is quantify what's important and then put proper security around what's important. Well, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Everything is important. It's <laughs> <laughs> a you very, be, very good point. You've been punked. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you can do is, is, is classify it in, in levels of risk and levels of sensitivity. Yeah. A web server that just because that, that just contains some static information and knowledge base, yes, I don't want it to be hacked, but I don't care that much. Mm. If I got a very large database server with millions of credit card numbers in it, that is very important. That's very high risk. That's so you quantify so essentially the first thing you do is quantify through looking at the essentially classifying everything everything's yep. risk. You you go back to risk assessments. Yeah. What is the chance that you get hacked? Uh, times what is the outfall fallout of that? Yeah hack attempt that will give you a level of risk and it gives you an idea so well this is why I need to look first and these are the kind of systems I need to well basically focus on first yep second point I would give them is well basically reiterating what Ed Lorcan said assume you've already been breached <laughs> don't put all your your systems on on, on, on the outside like like a <clears throat> like a the perimeter as we saw as we saw it as, as a castle so well a a, ca a castle analogy is there's a very large walls around all the, the whole system, your perimeter. You will never get through there. Mm. But once you get through, you can do whatever you want. That's the old classic approach, whereas nowadays we see it a lot more as, as a hotel room. Um, yes, you can come in, uh, you can go to the lobby, and yes, you can walk around a little bit, but whenever you want to go into one of the rooms, you need a specific key. Right. So in that perspective, yes, you can assume that the lobby, that the main areas, that they have already been breached, that they've already been hacked. But as long as I keep my core systems, my most important pieces, completely separate or as separate as possible, I can at least contain systems. So if you use the analogy of that lobby, what do we what do? We do? What approach do we, do <coughs> we take when you know, we're, we're assuming that yeah, it's, it's been breached? Do we... Do we flush it out on a regular basis? Do we do we kind of just keep it as some sort of I don't know airlock burnt zone that you know what we're gonna just make sure that we put our defenses up appropriately behind yeah. that? I yeah. Well, you, you you need to you need to make make a choice of where do you put your resources. Yeah. Always put your resources in the most uh, important pieces of information. Make sure that everybody there's always somebody who can look after your credit card numbers. Yeah. And then, yeah, about the lobby, well, let's flush it out every now and then. Yeah, we know that there's always some bad stuff going around there, but we don't care about it that much as long as they don't get any further. Yeah, we should have some people looking after it. It's almost like having a castle and a keep at the centre of it where hmm. you're going to put that yeah. stuff that's really valuable to you. Yeah. But the last thing you want to do is that, yes, you got 100 bad guys in the lobby, so you're going to send all your 100 security personnel after the lobby. Hmm. Unfortunately, you forgot to see that one guy that slipped off at the back end and now has full reign to the rest of the hotel. And he has, he's got a key card and, well, nobody's looking after him. So he can take his time to, uh, to actually figure out what's going on. You see it a lot nowadays that if, if you've got a company that's under a DDoS attack, mm. the first thing they want to do is make sure that they stop the DDoS attack. 
Yeah. What they fail to notice is that's one guy hidden in this massive flood of DDoS traffic who's actually doing the real damage. So do you see people that are launching DDoS attacks just so that they can do exactly that? Or purely, do you see people do you see people going, Well right, yeah, I know there's a DDoS attack on DDoS attack attack underway uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to use that it's completely unrelated to me but I'm going to use that to try and get my own exploit in because oh, while everybody else is firefighting mm. I'll sneak through well to be fair as a company do you really care? being the one being attacked no I don't care no. but I just want to make sure that I found this one guy yeah so you've got to assume that yeah. every time there is something like a DDoS attack, somebody, that one person is trying to ferret their way through. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe maybe I should not spend so much time on the DDoS traffic. Yeah, it's still mm-hmm. bad, and it should still be fixed, but I need to look further than that. Some difficult decisions to make. And I think this is, but this is one of the most important things that we want to get across, is that, you know, quite often the, the obvious is not necessarily the obvious, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, and, and I think... This is where I think Arrow can really help our partners and obviously subsequently help their end customers in understanding some of these things because I think a lot of dealing with security is services and it's things like our um, knock in new market that can help customers understand this and, and so obviously metric and monitor and, and ensure that you know, these things are compliant and when you do have attacks, we can help and, and move forward. But also you know, to make sure that the the correct level of product is in place to be able to, when we see these sorts of things, not necessarily have to think about them. Because I'd imagine when you're under a DDoS attack, you're probably going to have every single man and his dog screaming at you to get the website back online or to get the e-commerce platform back online or, or to get the whatever might be back online. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas actually, that's exactly what the attackers are hoping. I think it's also interesting as well. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the, the right products. It, it's interesting to me, and again, I'm no security expert, but it's interesting to me uh, when I see people like, again, Symantec, IBM, with not just products, but surfi- ser- services around things like incident response. So mm. capturing, seeing, yeah, absolutely understanding that, yes, there is an incident, there is, a, there is a, an exploit, a vulnerability, there is... <coughs> somebody doing something they shouldn't but then having that layer of of, of services to right now what next yeah now yep. what next now we've spotted it are we going to deal with it well you know what to be honest it, the moment you spotted it you're more or less sorted yeah you still need to deal with it but not being able to spot if you think that you're comfortable yeah everybody else gets hacked not us that's that's the most dangerous part that you can have mm. assume that you've been breached as we said before assume that you need to look for what is going on. And if you can use third parties for that, either their services or their hardware products yeah. or whatever, make sure you're aware of what's actually going on. That is the crucial bit. Mm. The moment you figure out what is going on, well, we'll find a way to deal with it. But the moment you don't know what's going on, that's mm. the worst part. With with businesses and organizations using sort of, yeah, third-party cloud services, so, yeah, for CRM, for, for marketing, for, for, for mm. line of business type services. Yep. Do you see that we we talk about expand expanding that that attack surface mm. and you know yep. the increase in threat vectors there. But do you see those sorts of commercially available cloud services being being used to exploit to 
threats to launch attacks or or are they because not they come in because they come in from other organizations and reputable mm. sources are they are they pretty much employing pretty powerful security solutions themselves as part of that service it's it's yet another application somewhere else that could de deliver something so of course they have their own set of mm. issues to deal with yeah however um if you need to make a choice between, well, I've got this massive uh, public available application and they will have, let's say, 100 uh, security engineers available to deal with their specific requirements. Yeah. Or I've, I've built my own little complica complicated application and I've got two guys part-time looking at it. Who's going to win? Mm. So the yeah. moment the moment the bad guys find out about, well, which one should we go after? Well, shall we take? Well, shall we spend a, a couple of weeks, a couple of years, going for the big guy? Yeah. Or shall we just go for the quick win? Of course, they go for the small one. So yes, they both platforms. Whether you go for cloud platforms, whether you go for your own systems, they both have vulnerabilities. Yeah. But you can very much expect that cloud systems, public, large enterprises, they should have better, better systems in place rather than the small ones. Yeah, you'd expect to... There's the risk against brand and things like that, isn't there? Mm. It's, yeah. I won't say they've more to lose, but they are probably... <laughs> well, they probably have the ability to deploy, like you mm. say, yeah, 10, 20 times the resource than yeah. a small, yeah, exactly. self-built... And, and think about it, that an, a CRM system, may, maybe for your own uh, uh, company, it might be just one of the 25 different systems they need to look after on a daily basis. Mm. Whereas if you buy in that whole CRM system for that for that company that delivers it, that is their core product. Mm. So of course they will give a lot more focus to making sure that one product is doing what it's supposed to do. And you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, mm. and I must admit, one of the other things I've always thought don't about this, that. it's an interesting tangent, really, that we've sort of gone on here, but one of the other things I've thought about develop your own versus... Um, mm. Versus buying off the shelf. Build or buy. Build or buy, precisely. Um, and it comes down to one of the tech trends and concepts that we were discussing earlier on, which is APIs. Do you know what? My, <coughs> I, I would much <laughs> rather buy three off-the-shelf products and link them together to create the unique you know, project mm. product, product that I needed rather than saying, mm, there's no one product that does quite what I need. I will go and build my own. Yep. So I think that's... You know, that's the key, because as you say, even if you're not running on a public cloud platform, going with a, an Oracle or an IBM or a Microsoft or a whomever of this world, a VMware of this world, mm. is always going to put you in a better place because they're going to be re releasing constant security updates. Mm. That's not to say don't write your own, because there's a huge value to write your own, but it is to say, think about, I, I very, do you know what, I would almost guarantee, and I've been here and done this when I've developed my own software platforms, Security is not your first consideration when mm. you are rushing to minimum valid product yeah. to get something out to market. It is not, despite what anyone says, you try and wrap security around as a bit of an afterthought. It is not what you're thinking about when you're thinking must get a cool looking jazzy interface to market to put in front of investors to turn around and get investment in my pro project, be that an internal investment, external investment, mm. whatever. I, I think you're pick, picking up on a really good point there. So, well, you don't have time for security, but ignoring it is not going to help. Oh, it's complete false economy. Mm. Complete false economy. But I, th I think I heard a brilliant joke from somebody. I have no idea who it was, but uh, what does S in IoT stand for? Security. <laughs> hey, I've heard that one a few times. I think I heard it from you actually. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you sounds like yeah, sort of joke. Because you just hear on the on <clears throat> the probably one of the largest security 
you know, build your own security vulnerabilities out there today. Oh, God, yes. Because there is no, well, actually, saying that, there was no uh, application layer or... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, Arrow Connect. That'll be another podcast coming up soon. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so security in IoT, very, very important. And, it, and in so many tiny little ways it can be uh, accomplished. Well, have, you, have you guys heard of the Mirai botnet? No, no, it's it's the the latest. Oh, I think I have. Go on. And that's the one that has been uh, responsible for the the largest DDoS attacks. Oh, was that on the DNS servers? I think they have been attacking the DNS as well. That Um, was it. Yeah. But the Mirai botnet is the net of all the millions of devices that have been compromised, Mm. and basically it is built on uh, IoT devices. Yeah. So this is this is what hit the press a few months ago with the Mm. Dyn attack. So yep. it's a diner, a service provider that yeah. hosts a large, large, well, I'll say host. They, well, they are part DNS servers, aren't they? They are DNS, DNS servers for a yep. lot of big, 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 big named companies. Yep. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean... If, you, if your DNS goes down, you technically <coughs> your website goes down. Yep. You cannot reach your websites, even though your websites are and not and affected. Unless yeah. you know the IP address. And even then, though, it probably how, ma- how many customers do you know that they know the IP address of the system? No one. There you go. No one. So they were um, they were utilizing when you say um, sort of things. It mm. was security security cameras. Funny enough, mainly security cameras that have been. Oh, the irony. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the and, irony. And what what they just did is um, <coughs> there's a bunch of guys that are just running scripts, scanning IP address around the world, and the moment they find a camera somewhere on some IP address. They just fire off a standard script, take over the camera, and they have another one for the list. They keep scanning until they have millions of those devices. Mm. So yeah. there's an entire search engine, isn't there, to find compromised or mm. devices. Don't put ideas in people's heads. Well, no, it exists today. I can't remember what it's called now. Oh, yeah. But well, yeah, you, you, can, you can buy the resource if you want. You don't even have to look for it yourself. Yeah. How many hours of DDoS traffic would you like to buy? Uh, would you like to buy? Yeah, capacity, yeah. So... Here's a test for you, spot test. We had this one earlier on. There is a, a new acronym that I heard from uh, from actually our managing director of the network and security business yesterday. Ooh. I'd never heard it before. I'm going to put it to Alex. This is a test. Alex, what does ROT stand for? ROT, as in R-O-T. R-O-T. It's his accent. Don't worry about it, Alex. <laughs> I'm Dutch, but I don't know where you're from. Six. That makes two of us. Six through and through. <laughs> right, come on. Rot. 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 I have absolutely Rot. no idea. Ransomware of things. That's what he described. I know, but that's what it's Sorry, it's what Alex described. So, yeah. Got apparently, there's, there's, okay. th- there's that. That's a new one. So, there you go. Fair enough. I'll add it to my list. Ransomware of things. Yeah. <laughs> you so can't get into your internet connected fridge until you pay <laughs> us five bitcoins. You're not getting your tea. Oh, I'm pretty sure I said the other day that actually five Bitcoin... In fact, we were having a discussion last night over dinner. Right. If I said, had five Bitcoins... If I had five Q, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, buy yeah. a new fridge. Yeah. But isn't that basically what we already discussed the last time? We ransomware as a yeah. service. Yeah. But I, mean, it just, but I mean, it makes me laugh that, that ransomwareing Internet Things devices is now a thing. Hmm. You know, I, I, just... Really Why not? Yeah. Well... Exactly. You, you won't believe, but I actually had the same discussion with my parents over the weekend. Yeah? Why do we have the whole issue with security? Why do we care so much? Well, if we simply don't have it to begin with, then we also don't have to worry about security. Yes, but it's so nice to have. 
it's so convenient. We like to have everything connected together. So, therefore, if we automatically connect it, then we must take care of it. And after this last stuff, I am unconnected, disconnected <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going air gapped. Yes, <laughs> quite literally. Well, e even air gap won't help you. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm not going to pick any USB sticks up in the car park. Oh, <laughs> I've seen that one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, look, yeah. guys, yeah. I think we spent half an hour scaring the bejesus out of the general populace. I am sat here quietly rocking backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah not surprised. But there are some solutions, and there are some avenues where we can start to fix the world. I think that's one oh, of the yes. other things we've learned from, this, from today. So we will elaborate on this. And, uh, and we will do that soon. And maybe we'll up the budget and, and get old uh, Lorcan over. <sighs> we'll see, but, you know, the budget can stretch that private jet and limo ferry, from the airport. Ferry, not private jet. You've been warned. <laughs> wow, a private ferry. Wow. A private ferry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. Alex, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. Um, you say that. Every time I hear him speak, I get scared. Sadly, I love you a bit, but I tell you what, you're not doing anything for my blood pressure. Sadly, In that pocket. case, I'd love to come back next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But sadly, that's all we've got time for today. Oh. But look, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure. Thank Fantastic. you very much, Alex. Thank you. And I hope I'll have you back today, back soon, even though you've decided, sadly, podcast listeners, this is his last one as an Arrow employee. Alex is actually moving on to start his own consultancy firm. So if you do want to be scared <laughs> witless, um, contact him at, shameless yep. plug, www.abct.net There you go. All the best, my friend. All the best. Yes. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure working with you. Richard, you're not going anywhere. You're stuck here. <laughs> After what he scared me with, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving the room. And uh, Hannah, you leave. We're all stuffed, so that's fine. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we're going to close. My name's David Fern. Thank I'm you for Richard listening. Holmes. Thank you very much. Speak soon. Cheers, Take guys. Care. Bye. Cheers.